2: It's only preseason, but I'm high Neil Fox. Jimmy G. Buckets oh gets buckets. Oh, my goodness. Give me the hot sauce, bill fuck! Give me the hot sauce. What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo?
1: Plenty of going on in the world of sports, and so we've got the experts to talk about it. We've got Stacey King alongside. Timmy Whispers is here. Tim, is your microphone working today?
3: I don't know. Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> Reaching out to all his fans across
2: America. Uh, but I guess no
3: one can see my mouth move, so you know, all, the, all the people who can't
2: read lips are, are out of luck. He's like a puppet. I'm a ventriloquist. Right.
3: Yeah, there's something up my back. Huh? <laughs>
1: You're like Eberflu uh, saying, we got something up our sleeve in the second half. That was pretty interesting, wasn't
3: it? <laughs> He's got a lot of interesting things to say. And uh, they, they actually put him down as one of the top 10 rants now in sports history for what he said last week about Fields playing. Oh, that's, that, that's not even close. It was complete insanity.
1: Jeez. Well, we'll talk a lot of Bears. We've got Mark Rody getting ready to join us in a little bit. But first of all, I want to update you on what's going on. With the Chicago Bulls, unfortunately, right now the news is not that great. The Bulls are four and eight. They dropped a tough game to the Orlando Magic on Wednesday night, and, and Stacy a, a slow start really killed them in that game. They came back furiously, tied the game, and lost it on that last second shot.
2: Well, Mark, it's it's been something that's been plaguing them all season long that first quarter. They're getting off to too slow of a start. They find themselves down double digits, and then, you know, they have to work so hard to get back in the game. The second the second unit has come in on many occasions this season and really kind of Pulled him out of the fire, which got him back into the game. And then, you know, the last five minutes of the game, they seem to always find a way to, to lose.
1: You're looking at Nikola Vucevic with 26 points in that game and no Wendell Carter. He was able to get a lot of done on the inside, but sometimes I think that uh, they lose sight of him and not get him in as involved as he needs to
2: be. Well, I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been calling for that for like two, three years. I mean, you know, yeah. you, he's about the steady as it comes offensively. You know, I mean, does he miss a lot of he misses a lot of little bunnies around the basket? And we talked about that last night. You know, the Bulls are shooting, you know, fifty-eight percent in points in the paint as far as going to the basket from, you know, three to five feet. They miss a lot of layups. And it happened again last night. They missed a lot of layups that could have been the difference in the game. They've got to they've got to convert those. They gotta finish stronger. I think they're so concerned with the officiating and trying to get calls and trying to initiate contact, they're not getting the calls, so therefore they're, they're losing concentration going to the rim.
1: Our special guest today is going to be Darnell Mayberry. He's the Bulls beat writer for The Athletic. Does some great work there. And he had a column earlier this week talking about uh, 10 things he's learned about the Bulls over the first couple of weeks of the season. He also had a lot of stuff in there about the potential of a Zach Levine trade. And Stacey, it was interesting seeing Zach at those college games on Tuesday, sitting courtside with his agent you know, wearing the clutch shirts. It's almost like a strategy session. Like, what's our next move here?
2: <sighs> well, i tell you what. I mean, you know, he's he's with one of the agents. He's a big agent. You know, yeah. um, you know, Rich Paul, you know, makes things happen. You know, he gets guys out of the contracts and gets them to where they want to go. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, Zach, you could tell Zach had a lot on his mind yesterday. He didn't play, like, The Zach Levine over the last couple of games, he hasn't really played well. Missed a bunch of layups. Missed a bunch of layups. um, Turned the ball over. Uh, That's been a problem this year. Um, You know, not you know, not securing the basketball. And then you know, you can deal with a lot of the other stuff. You know, but like the you know the defense, the lap, the laps of judges on defense, not paying attention to detail. But when you're turning the ball over and then you're compounding on the other end and not being able to stop guys and missing assignments, that it kind of stands out and and it doesn't make you look good. If you try to be optimistic about what's going to happen next, I mean, right now
1: you've got several of their Bulls key players that are shooting well below their career averages, including Zach, including Patrick Williams, even DeMar DeRozan is shooting below his statistical norm. So they're going to come back up to where they normally are going to be at. But I think the question right now most Bulls fans have is, as this team is currently constructed, can this team win consistently
2: with this group? I think they can. I think they're going to have to change their system, though. The the offensive system is not working. Clearly, it's not working. Um, There's not enough ball movement. You know, there's not enough player movement. um, You know, recognizing who has the hot hand, go to that person. Recognize who has the mismatch, go to that person. You know, it's almost like sometimes, Mark, they're like they're robotic when it comes to their offense. They're they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to make the right plays. But they get so to the point where we got to run this play because they called it, so we got to run it this way and not recognize, wait a minute, Vooch has a point guard on him in the post. Mm -hmm. That's the best option that we have right now. Let's go to that. And um, they're missing a lot of, lot of easy shots around the basket. Um, The three-point shooting has been, you know, a couple games. They've had some good games, but pretty much hasn't been consistent. And then, you know, they've been taking care of the ball up until last night, you right, know. A lot of turnovers. I mean they they were they're one of the best teams in the league as far as not having turnovers and then all of a sudden, you know, you have all these turnovers yesterday to a team like Orlando who really is not a team that forces a lot of turnovers. There's a lot of mistakes with the Bulls' mistakes. DeMar DeRozan of
1: course didn't play in the game. He is uh, back home for some personal reasons that he's dealing with with his family. We wish DeMar all the best and he's hoping to play Friday night in the rematch against the Magic, which is going to be one of those in-season tournament games, so Get ready to see red, folks. Uh, red <laughs> I'm still trying to adjust my eyes to that, but you missed DeMar,
2: obviously. I mean, he's a, he's a go-to scorer in the fourth. Well, I mean, he's a steadying force for you. Even though you know he hasn't shot the ball like DeMar normally shoots the ball, he's the guy that is capable of settling everybody down and getting you good shots when you need it. And so you really missed that last night, especially in the fourth quarter. When the game was on the line, you know, he's a guy you can go to. He's a guy, the king of the fourth. He's a guy that will get you in what you want. He'll get to the basket, he'll get fouled, he'll get, you know, shots for other people. And they really missed that last night.
1: Alex Caruso is back, and he did the things that Alex Caruso normally does, diving on the floor, getting you extra possessions, getting steals on the defensive end, making some three-point shots. He has really turned into an indispensable player, and there's some people on the national media front who are suggesting that Alex Caruso may be a more attractive trade option than Zach right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that because, you know, when you look at some of these teams and looking for a third or fourth guy, you're looking for a wing defender. You know, his name always comes up because he's a lockdown defender. Imagine what Alex Crusoe could do if he just guarded his own size. Right. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you know, Billy has him playing against power forwards. I mean, at the end of the game last night, he's with Boncaro. Who outweighs him by fifty pounds, and he's Mm -hmm. in the post guarding this guy, you know, on the game-winning shot, you know, and you know he just didn't have enough size or girth to battle him, but he, I mean, he tried, but you know, that's you shouldn't have to do that. That's like Tim
1: trying to guard you in the post. No free cheese, mouse in the house. (laughs)
2: Did you ever have to guard Stacy in in
1: your many games? I know you guys were normally on the same team, but did you play against him at all? Oh, sure. He was. He
3: was actually uh, always very kind. If you got him upset, then watch out for those elbows. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) something
2: bad could happen. Yeah, yeah. I try to be nice, Mark. You know, I just out there trying to, you know, stay in shape and get a little run, a little sweat. And occasionally, you run into some guys that always want to try to prove something. There's always that one guy that wants to say, you know, they did this to Stacey King. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not happening, bro. Not on my watch.
3: Well, there was one night there was this guy that uh, was causing some problems. And who's that? Uh, the great Bob Bone. Bob Bone. That was his name. And then, <laughs> then Stacy like porn name. Bad when, as a bone. Bad, bad as a bone. A man, bone. Man, he talked a lot of trash and then he got chased out of the gym by Stacy and oh, man. admitted the following week that he actually crapped in his pants on the way out of the gym.
2: So <laughs> Yeah. Mark, I don't like I don't like to let people see that side of me, Mark. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't condone violence, but I understand why people use it.
1: I'm getting these visions of Stacy like uh, <laughs> putting the Draymond Green headlock on these things. No, I'm throwing hands.
2: That's right. There's no grabbing. No, this is a full
1: chase. He went <laughs> yeah. out to the forest preserve. This yeah,
2: this is, this is there's no grabbing <laughs> people's necks, Mark. It's straight up pop-pop. I'm, I'm swinging. I'm not talking. You know, I've been getting into Twitter lately. America, listen, the people out on Twitter, let me tell you something, okay? I go on Twitter to interact with Bulls fans, yeah. okay? I have a great time with fans, and I normally don't get dragged into, you know, confrontation, but the last couple of days. I've been dragged into (laughs) confrontation. (laughs) Hey, people want to do that; they want to drag you down. But, but the funny thing about it is, people act like I make the decisions on what the Bulls do. People think that I have the ear of the owner and I have the ear of the general manager. Listen, I'm a broadcaster. Okay, I do my job. That's above my pay scale. I don't go. What the Bulls do is what they do. I don't sit in any meetings. I don't. These people act like I do. Right? Like you need to tell them this, and you need to stop taking the company line, towing the company line, and you know. And I'm like. What are you talking about? Like you people have no idea, and it's not everybody. It's like maybe five people, sure, yeah. five trolls, you know. And um, you know, every so often I come down off the mountaintop. I go down there and get down there with the with the commoners, it's the riff raff, the riff raff. And then I got to tell them, I got I got to exploit them because you know trolls like bullying. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean. I'm not listen, I'm not the one. I'm just telling you, you check you check my record. I'm not one to you can't you can't outtalk me. You can't, you know, out slander me. You just can't. So just don't even try it. Just if you want to talk basketball, you want my attention, say hi Stacy, how you doing? And I'll I'll respond. Hey, how you doing? Good day, da da da. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to try to say something derogatory or something disrespectful to get my attention. So don't do that America. I think and It was Whisper's burner account. No, no, it's Maddie no. Ice. I'm pretty
3: sure it's gotta be Matt.
2: Hey, I, I'm just I'm just saying, man. It just I could see, like, you know, I could see why, you know, people, you know, when they're at home and they have nothing else to do, they're eating Pop Tarts and sitting in their mother's basement. <laughs> and they want to try to they want to try to Meat attack love. people. They want to try to attack people for no reason. It's like why are you attacking me? Like, you know, you should go tell this and you yeah. know, you're know, you you're hiding behind a curtain and you won't say what, what we all, I'm like, man, dude, first of all, that's your opinion. That's not my opinion, yeah. okay? So, hey, hey, don't mess with my, don't mess with my mic. Don't mess with your microphone. Yeah, don't mess with my mic out there. It's so, a Twitter so, troll running the audio so, board so, so So, like, my thing is, like, you know, I don't have no say so of what goes on. People think right. just because I played here and I've been a broadcaster for 18 years that my voice is, is voice of reason. And I can go say That's not my job So right. stop asking me And stop insinuating That myself Or Bill Winnington Or someone else Is, is hiding behind a curtain And we're, you know, we're doing The company line The Bulls don't tell us What to say The Bulls don't say Stacey you have to say this You have to say that They've never said that to me
3: Yeah but seriously Could you go talk to them
2: no, I'm not talking to him. That's not my job. I mean, seriously, that's just not my place. And I and I don't feel I don't feel like you know I'm not in that realm. If I was in the front office and I worked in the front office, it'd be different. Right. But I, I'm a broadcaster. I do broadcasting. That's my job. I'm not. I don't want to get involved in all that. Now, if you came up and asked me my opinion, and i will give you the truth, I will say X, Y, Z. But no one's asking my attention. What, what are you doing? He's telling
1: us that uh, we're ready for our special guest. Oh, okay. Mark so, Brody is going to join us to talk about your Chicago Bears. Yes. Brody, you with us? Where are you at tonight?
0: I am uh, at Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score oh, down, downtown the mothership,
2: studios. The mothership.
1: And, yeah, I'm at the mothership, everybody. And make sure to listen to 670, the score for all of Mark's great reporting on the Bears. And we got excitement this week. Justin Fields, QB1 is
0: back. I'm, I know I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I think that we all have a little bit more appreciation for Justin Fields now. Like the Tyson-Bajan thing was worth exploring, and I think that everybody gave him – well, some people were like assumed he was going to be really good. I think – I mean, I would like to think I gave him a blank canvas and said, hey, show us what you can do, and if you're better than the the incumbent, then that's great. Then we got a hell of a story here, and you have a the, the future quarterback. But that would have been magic. So to have Justin Fields back – a guy that has velocity on his passes, a guy that we know he can run out of all sorts of trouble. Uh, we know that he is better than Tyson Bajan. We don't know if he's the Bears franchise quarterback yet, though.
2: So is he is he going to be under evaluation the rest of the way this season? Are the Bears front office going to be using this time? With him being back, and probably not 100%, are they going to be evaluating him the rest of the way, Mark?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's hard Stacy to get like a straight answer out of the bear. Like they won't admit it. They won't say, "Yeah, he's got, you know, seven games and this is this is big time evaluation. I think that this is last call for for Justin Fields and I think that obviously with the body of work that he's had already, Ryan Poles the GM and Matt Eberflus and whomever is allowed to evaluate him must have a pretty good indication of what they think he is, but since he hasn't been like a star quarterback, or really a consistent quarterback, that's what gives meaning to these final seven games. And um, I, I would, I, I'm thinking that they probably do know which direction they're going, but I think that that Justin Fields can can change things if he performs at a really high clip.
1: I saw the Bears release Darrington Evans today, which I guess suggests that uh, Khalil Herbert's coming back. And he's he's a guy that gives him a different dimension from the backfield. You know, he can get those those big chunk plays that maybe you're not going to get with some of their other running backs. What will his return mean paired up with Justin in the passing game?
0: Yeah, you know, it, exactly. You're going to have your home run hitter back. Deontay Foreman has been a pleasure to watch and he's been really good. And I, you know, if, if the Bears wanted to give a full load of carries to Deontay Foreman, that's fine. But one thing you notice watching Deontay Foreman, not exactly blazing. So now you have a situation where you have kind of the, you know, the fast guy and the lumbering guy or whatever word you wanted. the powerful running back. He's not, you know, Deontay Foreman is not slow. I don't want to get carried away here, but you've got the explosive Herbert and then Deontay Foreman. And we've seen him like last week, you know, plowing into the end zone and taking guys out. So there's a real role for Deontay Foreman on this team, but I, just my opinion and the what I was inferring from what was said at Hallis Hall today, that they're going to go right back to Khalil Herbert and he will be running back one. He will get the majority of the carries, but you know, if Deontay Foreman gets hot during one of his series, who knows what could happen during the game?
2: You know, my, my question, Mark is, is that, you know, we're talking about the evaluation of, you know, Justin Fields. We just saw in Buffalo, you know, Buffalo not having a year that they thought they were going to have, they fired Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator. Are the Bears evaluating their coaching staff as well? Is it just Justin Fields and and you know free agent guys that they may possibly have to pay?
0: Yeah, I think they are. I mean, you know, I think Matt Eberflus is in this weird place because he's only in his second year. He was it was a re- straight up rebuild last year. They were allowed to lose last year, so. I don't know if you know if he's that stricken from the Matt Eberflus record, but things have been bad this year. I think Matt Eberflus has made some mistakes in terms of handling the team and um, sort of the, the overall culture of the team with a couple of coaches having been fired. I mean, that does not look good on a resume, but I would say that especially for... The assistants like Luke Getzey and the offensive staff. Like I think there's a lot riding on these final seven games, and I think that if the Bears, let's say they win one or two more games the rest of the year, and it's it's another four or five win season, how can you not look at the team and make some sort of changes if it is two really bad seasons in a row? And and if if this doesn't work out with Justin Fields. This year, if if Luke Getzey can't develop him, into, whether it's fair or not, whether it's fair or not, that there is culpability there in terms of your offensive coordinator, and then Andrew Janoco, the quarterbacks coach, and then all of the subsequent assistants as well.
1: Yeah, my guess is that Flux will go the route of Mark Trestman, two years and out, and uh, we'll have we'll have a new. <laughs> yeah, coach. but that
0: was so shocking, Mark. Mark, when that happened, like that was not very um, McCaskey. To, I, I thought it was great. It it was warranted, but it was a shocker. And I've always said that that took every ounce of power in the bodies of the McCaskies to do that because it's just not what they want to do. However, there is the Kevin Warren effect, the new president and CEO. And if he really does have full power, I'd imagine that there will be some evaluation and some words from from the boss on Matt Everflus.
1: I got a kick out of Cole Komet the other day, almost laughing when asked about the powerhouse Detroit Lions, you know, it's like the worst of first story. And you know, anybody who watched Hard Knocks a couple of summers ago with Dan Campbell, I think kind of fell in love with the Lions. They were kind of a lovable team that was You know, down near the bottom of the standings, but you had this gung ho coach, and he's really turned that program around. They've got an offense now that's really difficult to stop. I know the Bears' defense has been better over the last month, but they're going to have their hands full against this Detroit offense.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, they, you know, last year, I think we were just kind of talking about Amara St. Brown, who was great. He's a legit number one wide receiver. But now you've got the rookie runner, Jameer Gibbs who's missed a couple of games, but he had a good game last week. You know, he mentioned David Montgomery. He was over 100 yards last week. They got this tight end from Iowa now, Sam LaPorta. He's really good, too. So, yeah, all of a sudden you go from a team that you could pick and choose to having a whole bunch of players that could hurt you. And the big deal for the Lions is that their defense has gotten better. Their defense was a train wreck. Last year, and Aiden Hutchinson and those guys have all of a sudden become a, a true force in the, in the division and, and in the NFL, for that matter.
2: Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, th- this is a Lions team that <clears throat> that used to be the stock. They used mm-hmm. to be the team, the doormat of the, of the Central Division. And then all of a sudden, there's always Green Bay. Everybody's worrying about Green Bay. Green Bay was always the team. And now, you know, Green Bay is going through their struggles. They're going through a, kind of a rebuilding. You've heard their owner uh, and their personnel saying they don't know if Jordan Love is the guy now. So it's like, right. wow. So there's a lot of teams, Mark that are in transition within the division. So as the Bears are going into this evaluation period, you know, what is it going to take for them to say hey, you know what? Justin Fields is our guy? Is he going to have to play lights out every single mm-hmm. game or is it going to be two games and he plays great in two games and they see they've seen enough?
0: Yeah, it's a, I love the question because it's a where is the bar set? Like what because we've been trying to get this answer out everybody, out of everybody, and all they'll talk about is, well, we just want him to be consistent and not turn the ball over. You know, basically they're saying to us, we want him to play it safe for the final seven games of the year. I, it is my opinion, quite frankly, that Justin Fields has to play somewhat similar to the way he played against Washington or Denver. Those two, those back-to-back games where Justin Fields, he won a game with his arm, the Washington game. They did not win the Denver game, but he looked mostly excellent until the end of that game. Unfortunately for Justin Fields, I think that that's where, that's the area in which he's got to play because that's what they've been waiting for since that guy walked in the door, that they wanted him to be that guy. Oh, my goodness. They're, they're, oh, we got walk-ons today. I got wa- we, got walk-ons. we got Shane Reardon here. Yeah. Got, yeah. Shane's a we'll big be- star on X. X. I always, yeah.
1: He's a great follow on X. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love his food so expertise. Hey. I, lo- I love Willie. I mean, it's all great hey, stuff. Listen, uh, hey, listen. Yeah. I,
2: I so saw good. that beard. I thought he was in witness protection program.
0: <laughs> 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 you know, I'm doing the podcast in the hallway today. There you so go. There's, and I'm getting a lot of criticism, but I just didn't feel like uh, finding a studio. I was like, you know what? I got all my stuff out here. I'm doing the podcast. Give me the hot sauce that's happening in the hallway, right? Yes, sir. Hey, Whispers, what do you got for Grok's today? What do you got, Whispers?
3: Man, uh, so you're looking at Warren, talking about uh, breaking down the whole team and the whole structure if things go south. Who we go after more, Belichick or Harbaugh?
0: (laughs) I gotta tell you, man, Whispers, I'm done with Harbaugh. I'm done with all his silliness. Look, he—he—he's a good coach, I guess, but I don't think I want all that baggage and that ridiculousness and the silliness. Like, like, I'm, I am, I, I am out on Jim Harbaugh. Um, and maybe this goes back to when I was just a Bears fan and he was not a good Bears quarterback. And then he went to the Colts and he was really good. Uh, and he was captain comeback. So I have a little bit of a resentment going on. So <laughs> I'm not down with him. And I don't know, man, I don't want to be the franchise that Bill Belichick goes to, to start over and ends up sucking. So I don't right. know. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out on all, that. Well, <laughs>
3: well there, there is one worse decision out there. If you're the Browns, who do you pull out of retirement? Foles, Brady, or Griffin?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow!
0: Man, how about Schaefer? <laughs> well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> we've seen the Falls Show. That, yeah, we've that, seen that, that. We've seen. Are, are, I don't know. Are we comfortable with the Falls Show again? I mean, there was that one game in Atlanta where he threw three touchdown passes when he replaced uh, Mitch Trubisky. So we've always got that when it comes. Yeah, to they the got Foles. PJ
1: Walker, the guy the Bears released. Oh yeah, so they're, 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 they're in great shape. shape yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: The Revenge game is coming soon. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tyson Bagent famously passed up PJ Walker, and the Bears will probably play against uh pj walker
1: well, well mark we'll let you get out of the hallway and uh get home and get some dinner get maybe shane can cook something up for you real nice and uh hey I was nice today? To know
0: he's never cooked i always loved oh, Wanny's Wanny's Wanny segment was, on thursdays oh he was unbelievable i had to go on in studio after wani oh it's a, a tough act always, to follow so you go in there and there's these massive headphones his head is so large that the <laughs> headphones are all out. um and then there's a beer and some scraps in there too so really yeah. it's like we just got we got to clean up after the guy um and but yeah he definitely gets the listeners in for me so
1: well we had coach on the show a couple of months ago tell him we say hi give him our best and uh we look forward oh, we look forward to visiting you with you very soon i don't know what our schedule is gonna be next week but we'll keep you updated okay it is thanksgiving next week
0: I totally understand. I'll be waiting for the text. All right, let's <laughs> let's uh, see what happens in Detroit. We'll
1: talk to you soon, Mark. Thanks a lot for joining us, the Bulls. The yes, Bulls indeed.
2: We're struggling, Mark. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Mark. We're going back to the Bulls next. Darnell Mayberry from the Athletic joins us. He'll talk about all the Zach Levine trade speculation and a whole lot more. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. As we roll on, give me the hot sauce. Time to tell you about one of our good friends, Jeff Vukovic from Nationwide Insurance. When it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com or you can dial him up at 847 825 4783 and as always the best jingle in the business nationwide (laughs) it's on on
2: your side (laughs)
1: <laughs> Whispers, did you see Stacy try to get me the other day on that?
3: Yeah, it's, it's,
1: oh, I tried to get him because I knew as soon as one <laughs> you note came seize out of my the mouth, moment. he'd be like, ah, "Oh yeah, enough, that's yeah, enough." Terrible, yeah. gone. Wow, yeah.
2: Mark, he, he didn't fall for the old banana in the tailpipe <laughs> trick. He didn't
1: fall for it. I've, I knew it was coming one of these games. I still oh, fall for it. I thought I had him too. because yeah. I w- I wouldn't got, got very far on that. Stacy no. said, "No, no, stop." Yeah, you got to own that. it like that though, and just take over. Yeah. Hey, one of our good friends is on the line. Friend of the program. Yeah, Darnell Mayberry does fantastic work for The Athletic, covering the Chicago Bulls and the NBA, and he's kind enough to give us some of his time. It's been a strange start to the season, Darnell, or maybe not that strange. You know, a lot of people were speculating that maybe the Bulls would make some changes at last season's trade deadline. Over the summer, they decided to go with continuity and bring back the the core of this roster, and obviously at a 4-8 right now, things are not looking real good. I think... The thing that's puzzling to me is is how Zach has has handled the media in the last couple of days. What's what's your reaction? Obviously, it was you and Shams who broke the news. Uh, what what's your reaction to how everything has has happened since the news broke?
4: You want you want the reporter side of me, Mark? You want the- no? I want the, I want the real. I want the, the real here. No, I mean I I can understand where Zach's frustration is coming from. I mean, this is his seventh season with the franchise. There, I just wrote the other day at 150, and now after this loss to the Magic, 211 with Zach. So 150 and 211—that's a lot of losing, uh, and and he's done a lot throughout his career. So it's understandable that he probably wants a change of scenery, a uh, new environment, and a chance to win probably somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I mean, just you know, this team has had some games, Darnell, where. You know, the fourth quarter has been a problem. The first quarter getting off to slow starts and then the fourth quarter not being able to finish. Have you, have you been noticing that as well?
4: Yeah, I mean, and that's sort of the, the thing about this team. And they keep talking about, well, the shots will fall, the shots will fall. Well, that's just one aspect. There's so many other elements and components to the game that we're seeing uh, not be sufficient enough that you have to wonder, is this team... Uh, as currently constructed, capable of figuring it out. And uh, you know, we were asking Zach questions last night or yesterday all all throughout the day, even at the morning shoot around. Can this be something that the bulls can fix with with winning cure this thing? But you don't even really get confidence that they're going to move in the right direction uh, because there are so many holes that they need to fix uh, issues with the team.
2: you know,
1: Darnell it was interesting. and uh, we mentioned in our last segment, the fact that There was uh, TV shots of Zach and his agent Rich Paul at the college doubleheader on Tuesday wearing their clutch, matching clutch sports shirts. And it certainly looked like it was a strategy meeting uh, as to what happens next. And then in the pregame shoot around, Zach met with reporters and talked at length, but really didn't clarify anything. I mean, Zach in the past has always been, I love playing in Chicago. I love the Bulls. I love being in this big market and, you know, everything is good. And for the first time Wednesday morning, he kind of, you know, was pretty evasive in terms of, do you want to still be here? What, what's your read on the situation? Do you think it's got to the point where Zach and his representation would rather see him playing with a different franchise?
4: Yeah, I think that much is becoming clear. Uh, the thing that I'm really curious about is how Zach's going to handle it on the court. Because you saw last night before those two three-pointers, you know, he didn't have the best game. and. I don't think it's going to get to him mentally, but if he's not performing at his best now, you put put out this sort of pseudo trade request. How is that going to impact uh, your perception, the way the league looks at you, the way uh, fans look at you, uh, and, and is that going to have a trickle down effect inside the locker room as well? If are players looking at him and saying, "Do you want to be with us? Are you here? Are you in? Are you out?" You know, my question is all of the ancillary things that follow this. Pseudo trade request now.
2: When you when you look at this team and, and you you see them, you see how they're constructed. Um, I say it every night. I, I think they should play through Vooch more. Just to give them some kind of steady influence, get them going off to a good start before they start going into isolation plays. Because that was one of the things that they talked about in preseason, Darnell, said that we're going to get away from the isolation. We're going to be more of a free-flowing, uh, more pace. And they did it in the preseason, and they started the first couple of games, but they've kind of resorted back to isolation plays. Now, have you have you also seen that?
4: And that's the thing about the offense that I'm always curious about. I mean, they, they talk about making quick decisions, playing faster in transition, uh, but then I'm just seeing dribble handoffs on the perimeter, um, you know, that bog down into isolation plays with Zach or Demar having to bail them out. And that is easily defensible in today's NBA, and it's not going to work. Um, and, and I just I wonder how long the Bulls will give it. Um, and, and I don't mean changing the system or or sets, things like that. I mean, the personnel.
1: Yeah, you wrote a great column at at The Athletic earlier this week, uh, 10 Things You Learned About the Bulls of the First 10 Games. And one of the things that you advocated was you feel like Patrick Williams needs a change of scenery because it's just not clicking for him in Chicago. And you also addressed the fact that, yeah, Lowry Markinen really became successful after he left, but this may not be the same situation. Different personalities, different skill sets what is it about Patrick that needs to be unlocked that you think uh, can happen here in Chicago?
4: Yeah, the thing is, I, I mentioned Laurie in the column, Mark. I probably should have said Wendell Carter because yeah. it, it, it does feel a lot more like Wendell his last year here where he just couldn't figure it out and he was missing easy shots and you know was 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 sloppy with the ball a lot of times, turning, turning it over with illegal screens a lot. Just couldn't seem to get his head in the game. And that seems like what we're seeing with Patrick Williams, where he's getting to the basket, he's making strong moves and he just can't finish. And you're seeing that repeatedly throughout these first 12 games. Uh, Even when he makes great moves, he just can't buy a finish right now. Uh, And I'm wondering if it's in any way uh, sort of become a a mental drain on him where he feels like this just isn't working in Chicago and a a change of scenery would be best for him. I still think he can play. I still think he has a whole lot of talent. Uh, and that, that could be potentially unlocked. Uh, I'm not giving up on Patrick. I just think this situation here in Chicago doesn't seem like the best fit for him anymore.
2: Well, and the only thing I would say about that, Darnell, is you can't keep giving up young talent because it's not working. I mean, you, you've got to start as a coach, as coaching staff, and developing these young players. Look at all the young players that we've given away that have gone somewhere else and done well and, and really playing well. You know, everybody called, you know, Cameron Payne the tank commander when he was here. Oh, he can't play, blah, 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 He goes overseas. He comes back, gets in the bubble, and now he's a serviceable backup point guard who started some games and shown that he can play. Doug McDermott couldn't hit shots when he was here, and then he's one of the best three-point shooters in the game since he left here. So, and Gafford. And and Gafford, I mean, at some point, you've got to say, hey, we got to start to look at our developmental situation here and why is it these kids are going somewhere else and playing well, but they're not playing well here. Now, with Patrick, there's certainly, and being a player who's been in the huddle, who's been around players, you can't coach everybody the same. You know what I'm saying? You can't coach everybody the same. There's some guys, Darnell, that I can yell at and scream at and they'll respond the right way. There's other guys I have to give a little bit more of a nurturing to. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's it's in professional sports. You have coaches that do that to players that go to them and get their confidence saying, hey, look, I'm going to tell you what I need from you tonight, Patrick Williams. I need you to go out there and get me something that's easy for him to do. I need 12 points, five rebounds, and two steals. That's what I need you to do. And then when he does it, you you congratulate him, you give him, you overdo it to get his confidence level to a certain point. Because you look at him out there right now, he has no confidence. When I saw Ban Carroll last night, that's who Patrick Williams should be like. And I said that last night on the air. He should be like uh, Ban Carroll with the the skill set that he currently has. He could be that type of player, but his confidence is so low right
4: now. You can see it. And my thing, though, Stacy, with Patrick is. This is now year four. How many times do we say, let's do this for Patrick, or let's do that for Patrick? How many more trades need to be made for Patrick? And, you know, are they going to continue to clear the deck for Patrick? I mean, Patrick hasn't shown anything that requires or shows that he's worthy of that. And that's, that's the thing where I want to see from Patrick Williams, show us now that you're worthy of the franchise making all of these moves to placate you and to try to get your career off the ground. We haven't seen it.
2: Well, and, and, I, and to his defense, though, because I, I watched, we watch just like you watch the game every night. How many plays do they run for him? How many sets do they run for him? But well, why would they? That's my that's my point. Why would they? I mean, he hasn't given them a no reason. Well, he he was before before this season, before he before this season, they were running stuff for him. They were they were allowing him to get the ball off the glass, initiate the break. They were allowing him to get into pick and rolls in the playoff series, where he had a good playoff series against Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, he played really well in that series after the first game. He played really well after that game. They started putting him in pick and roll sets, uh, and letting him play with, you know, Voochin' pick and rolls, getting the switch up with Giannis, and he did quite well. There's some things that they can do to unlock him. It's just consistent. I I just think that with all the veterans here, with all the veterans on this team, there's not enough balls and not enough plays to go around. And I think that's the way the the coaching staff looks at it. It's like, well, we got Zach. We got DeMar. You saw him last night. DeMar's not there. That was the most aggressive I've seen him play all season. Because he recognized, like, oh, DeMar's not here or Zach's not here. When he had the 30-some points against Minnesota, you know, uh, two years ago when the, all the all the, the Bulls veterans set out and it was just him, he went on a tear. And it's like, if he can get that mindset, I don't know how you do it. I don't know if you, you get a hypnotist and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But I, the kid has shown I'm not ready to give up on him. I, I'm just yeah. not. I, I'm, a, I'm, a yeah. big, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the kid. I think he just needs something to unlock what he has.
4: And neither am I, Stacey, to be clear, but you almost took it there and you said the word, almost said the word consistency. Yes. That's the thing that he's gotta have. And until he gets some consistency, I just I can't blame the coaching staff, management for not putting more uh of a of a onus on him to to do more for this franchise because he hasn't shown the consistency.
2: Cause even his defense is is starting to, you know, suffer a little bit. You know, he used to be that was the one thing that you could put him on anybody and he'd be a you don't be a lockdown defender. You look at him now, his confidence is even going on defense.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. And, and when you look at it from the bigger picture, you wonder, you know, not just Patrick Williams, but how much talent is in the cupboard for the Bulls if Patrick Williams is not who maybe you thought he was going to be. Because now you, you, you brought in Dalen Terry. Julian Phillips seems like he's ahead of him. Um, Julian Phillips is, is raw, a lot of talent, a lot of potential but still raw. And so Io Sumo, I love what I'm seeing from him in his third season so far. I feel like if the Bulls know, would have known that Io was playing like this, they would not have signed Javon Carter. Um, and that's sort of the logjam now that they have to figure out. But uh, Kobe White and Io are playing well. Beyond that, you don't see a lot down the line of young talent that the Bulls can point to and say, these are the reliable guys that we can count on moving forward.
1: You mentioned Javon Carter, and he and Torrey Craig were the two free agents brought in by the front office to try to supplement the core group. And the scary thing from my perspective is I think Javon Carter and Torrey Craig have been excellent, and yet the Bulls are sitting at four and eight. Does that suggest that if you're from a front office perspective that this ain't working,
4: we got to make some changes here? It doesn't suggest the market screams it. <laughs> 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 this, the, this is the last straw. This is the last little shred of evidence that we need needed to see that they need to to go in a different direction. And I don't know that you necessarily have to blow it up per se. Uh, maybe not get rid of everyone, but certainly at least one of the, the big three, or maybe even two of them, uh, probably should 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 find new homes. And the bull should go in a diff- different direction, in my opinion, in that way and retool and see what you have. Well,
2: because, you know, naturally you're going to get more for Zach. I mean, you know, I mean, I know DeMar's got the expiring contract, which is, which is inviting for people, but Zach, you're going to get the most out of if, if you're going to make that move, if they decide to go that direction. Now, the key is what do you get back for him? You know, what are you going to get back in return? Is it you want the first round picks? Or are you going to get young talent? Because there's not a lot of teams out there. You hear the Lakers, you know, Lakers are always in trade rumors. You got Philadelphia who wants a third option and Zach, Zach on those teams would be a third, would be the third option on both of those types. Team, Miami, too. Miami too. So, you know what? What would you possibly get in return for him?
4: I'm, I think the Bulls could go two different ways. One of two ways: one, young pieces, um, and and possibly you know a couple draft picks, uh, future picks, or sort of what we saw Philadelphia do and bringing in some veteran wings and things like that, where you stay competitive and keep two of the other so called big three and continue to try to pursue this playoff chase that they have been set on chasing. So um, those are the two options that I see the Bulls doing. If they do something else, I'll be surprised. But more than anything, I'm just ready to see what AK does. He talks about, you know, the trade deadline and draft night being two of his favorite moments in the NBA calendar. And then we haven't really seen much from him. So I'm now that it's clear that Zach and and the Bulls are are perhaps ready for this this marriage to end let's see how ak handles it and which direction he goes
2: yeah because i'm looking at the lakers and because the lakers name comes up and i think that's exactly where zach would want to go if you had his choice he'd want to go play the lakers he said that many times you know i'm looking at their roster i mean there's some young talent there you know that you could look and say hey you know what this is this is some good young talent get some first round picks like like i like hashimura uh, his name would have to come up in the trade it talks if I was gonna. He yeah, we'll doesn't take Russell for the money. Well, 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not really excited about that one. But, <laughs> but I know Hashimuro and like and and the kid Cam Reddish. I've been a big Cam Reddish fan. I, I think Cam Reddish is 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 going to be a really really good three and D guy. And then Jackson Hayes. Like the young big kid that they got there, I like him too. But they they would have to really really knock my socks off to make that move because you're wow. getting you're getting a, an all star caliber player that could you know potentially take your team to another level as a third as a
1: third star. The problem with the Lakers though is that since they signed all those guys in the summer, they're not eligible eligible to be traded until December fifteenth, and I think they have a couple of guys that aren't eligible until January fifteenth. So. People are going to have to be patient. You know, this isn't going to happen overnight because the way the league does business, you you wait until that December 15th date where more guys are eligible to be traded.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's going to come faster than I think we think. We're a month away from that December 15th yeah. date. You know, um, I, I just, again, want to see how the Bulls handle it internally until we get to these, these dates that are coming up uh, next month and in two months, as you mentioned, Mark, uh, because... They've been an extremely professional group. Stacy. you've been around, yep. a, you know, they've been extremely professional and this is different. This is the face of the franchise coming out and saying, it's not working. I'm not happy. I'm frustrated. And everyone else could look at him and say, are you in, are you out? And how are they going to handle it? See, and my thing, my thing,
2: Darnell, with 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 Zach is, is that you know everything's about analytics, and all these guys, you know, who have all these numbers, and they go by all these numbers. You look at Zach's numbers. Zach is one of the best catch and shoot guys in the NBA. He's one of the, the one of the best spot up shooters in the NBA in catch and shoot, uh, coming off pin downs. You would think, in my opinion, he's better at those things than isolation plays. How about putting in a system? where you're taking advantage of his gifts that he truly has. I mean, he shoots in the corners, he shoots almost fifty-four percent from the corners off of catch and shoots. And so I've always said that, you know, he's up there with Klay Thompson and, and Steph Curry as far as on the move, you know, on the move coming down on pin downs, you know, single double screens. Put him in those situations and and work something out to get him some more involved in the offense
4: going to be a shame when he's doing it in that Lakers goal.
2: <laughs> and, that's, and that's what's going to be so frustrating because that's what he's going to do because he's going to yeah. be able to play off the ball with LeBron James. He's going to get so many wide-open jump shots because of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And then we'll all everybody who wanted to trade him will be sitting there saying, well, why didn't we do this? Because yeah, I've man. been saying all along. I've been saying all along. That's what they, they need to put in, some kind of system that can take advantage of the gifts that he has as far as the catch and shoot, coming off pin downs, getting him on the move because of you know, how quick he is, and he's a good spot-up shooter. If you've got a good guard that can, that can penetrate and find him in corners where he can knock down shots, he,
4: he's a knockdown shooter. Well, Stacey, you're the perfect person to ask as the former pe- player. I mean, if you have a guy who feels like he is better suited for whatever reason with the ball in his hands, and they, the style that you're re- referencing may not be the style that he wants to play, how do you do? I mean, what do you do with that? Well, he's going to
2: have to play the style I want him to play because his style. The what what's going on right now is not working. Um, you know, it's not. He, he turns the ball. He turns the ball over trying to attack. Um, you got to play to your strengths. I mean, if you're a great shooter, why wouldn't you want to get shots? If I could tell you, you're going to get you're going to get a ton of shots on catch and shoot. Why wouldn't you want to do
4: that? Well, that's the thing where the Bulls are a, between a rock and a hard place. I mean, they got a. a couple stars who like to play a certain way and billy donovan has for the last couple of years been trying to implement different types of things offensively that mesh all of them and we're just saying it not work for multiple reasons and i think one of the biggest is that those three guys like to play their way
2: yeah you you can be stubborn and you're you're i'd just be like hey your way is not working we're losing i mean do you want to win do you want to win? Do you want to do you want to compete to get to the playoffs? This is because we're gonna have to change the way we play, and we're gonna have to utilize your strength. And I mean, if when he if they say he goes to L. A. and then you know they tell him, hey, we're gonna run you off pin downs, and he's not gonna say, he's not gonna tell the coach there and say Darvin Ham say, well, I like playing with the ball in my hand because you got LeBron James got the ball in his hands. <laughs> he ain't gonna tell LeBron, and, that. and you're
4: not gonna tell LeBron <laughs> that. So you're gonna play that way. See these he's guys, got no one, he's got no one here who who's going to push back. I mean, Patrick Beverly was the biggest uh, enforcer that he's had, Zach's had in his time in Chicago. And, and I'm not even talking about from a talent standpoint, but someone who's just going to go back at him and say, this is the way we're doing things. He'll have that in Anthony, maybe not AD, but certainly LeBron James. Yes. He had that in Chicago. And that's why, that's why you,
2: you got to, I mean, listen, <laughs> As, and I love Billy. And Billy has to to do that. This is how we're going to play because this is not working. We're going to get you in situations. You're going to be a much more efficient, you know, score than what you are now. And we're still going to isolate. We're going to isolate you in certain plays into games, into quarters. But we're not going to isolate you as much as we're doing now. We're going to get you on the move. We're going to get you some wide open looks and some wide open jump shots, and we want you to take it. Think about this, Darnell. How many times have you seen Zach catch the ball and then shot fake when he doesn't need the shot fake? And then he'll do one-legged step back instead of just going straight up and shooting the ball. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the opportunities for him to take advantage of the skill set that he has. And that's what I see the most of. We, we can sit there and talk about his defense all day long, okay? I mean, Zach's defense is Zach's defense. I I would tell Zach I need better effort. I need better effort defensively. Ball you, man, know where your man is on the floor. Be in position, if we have you rotating, know where the rotations are. Because a lot of times on defense, if you watch Zach, you know, it's not that he doesn't want to play, he's a better on-ball defender than off-ball defender if you watch him. He can play his man, he'll play you straight up. He'll move his feet, he'll slide when he's on the ball. The biggest problem with Zach is when he's away from the ball and he's on the weak side, and then he'll fall asleep and someone will get a dunk, someone will back cut, get a layup. He doesn't really have that same attention. That's something that they should show him on film and be like, hey, this is what we need you to get better at because this is hurting us right now.
4: For sure. And I got to believe that the coaching staff led by Billy Donovan has talked to him about that and and previous coaching staffs as well. I got to believe that Jim Boylan said the same thing and Fred Hoiberg said the same thing. Tom Thibodeau said the same thing. At some point, and I look at Zach and I evaluate the players the same way. I look at Zach the same way I look at Patrick Williams in terms of at some point you have to show that you're willing to do whatever it takes. And like you said, Stacey, his defense is his defense. Offensively, stop turning the ball over in crucial moments. Make the right pass, and and at times he does, but do it consistently. Um, you know, the the shot selection at times could improve. And and even the little subtle things like the pump fake and taking the first one instead of just, uh, you know, jabbing or or, or dribbling or shot faking. So those are the little things where I'm saying, Zach, it's up to you to take that next step. And it's time for us to stop looking at coaches and teammates. And there's so many different things that he can do And, and so many other Bulls teammates as well to be better players and committed to winning. We just haven't seen it.
1: Darnell, last thing for me, I was listening to uh, Brian Windhorst's uh, podcast, The Hoop Collective, he had Bobby Marks on, and both of them concluded very strongly that the Bulls need to blow it up. And Then I saw Tim Legler on SportsCenter last night with Scott Van Pelt. He said they have no choice, this isn't working, they have to blow it up. I read your column, you're quoting an executive from another team saying that this roster is going to look a lot different in a month. So look into your crystal ball. What do you see happening over the next month or so for the Chicago Bulls?
4: Nothing. Continuity, baby. (laughs) Come on now. Come on now. I I do see by the deadline some changes. But like you said earlier, Mark, I don't think this is going to be a quick fix or overnight uh, repair job. I think they're going to take their time. They're going to try to find the best deal that works for the franchise and not just for one or two or three players. Um, and so that's going to take time. And the, the rest of the league has to clear up uh, some 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 business on, on their end in terms of contracts, being able to be traded and things like that. So I think it's going to take some time.
2: I agree with you. I, I don't see a rush decision. I, it's not AK's MO. M.O. I, I think they're going to evaluate every possible angle and what's best for the franchise, because, you know, you're giving our franchise player away. And you want to make sure that this franchise is taken care of. And by getting something in return, whether it be draft picks or serviceable young talent that you can build around that maybe maybe right now they're not where they're going to be. But in a few years, they could be something special.
4: Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal. Um, and I just want to see them have a plan in place when whenever it happens, whether it's December 15th, January 15th trade deadline, I think it's February 9th. Whenever it happens, I want the return to make sense so for all of us to be able to sit back and say, I see what they did here.
0: Right. If it
4: doesn't, it's going to be some smoke in the city, fellas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Butler for Zach and then none of the pieces come from Zach, Laurie, Chris Dunn and those guys. Trade Zach in and then not work out. What is the franchise in this organization doing? And you have to at some point, um, you know, just question that and say. Will this thing make sense? Can we trust them to get this thing right? One more question.
2: How do you think Kobe White's transition to point guard has been so far in the early going?
4: Man, Stacey, I, I, I should be listening more. I should ask you that. But I like what I've seen from Kobe. Uh, he's been steady. He's, he's valued the basketball. He hasn't been uh, turnover prone. He's made great decisions. The way he gets into the paint, penetrates and pitches out to open shooters. I think that's been a great plus positive for the bulls this season um he can make more shots no one's shooting the ball all that great outside of javon and alex caruso um so once he gets his shot going i think it's going to look even better but uh defensively i even like the way he's 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 battling defensively too so uh, i love what i'm seeing from him he still hasn't i don't think taken full command of that point guard job but he's making a case that he is he is worthy of being in the conversation which a few years ago would not have was not the case.
2: Yeah. And so yeah. give him a lot of credit. Yeah, I've been I've been I've been impressed with him. I, I just want him to play on the road like he does at home because the numbers are so – there's a big discrepancy from home numbers to away numbers, and, you know, I like the way he's handled the ball. I've, I liked his defense. Um, he's trying to play the right way. You can tell that he's trying to play the right way. I like the fact that when he gets to the basket, I'd like to see him score more, you know, because he's five. You know, and I know he's trying to make the right pass, and we're not shooting the ball particularly well right now, and sometimes passing on these layups, you know, kind of hurts the team. So I'd like to see him try to score a little bit more around the basket.
4: Yeah, he definitely can. He's improved in that area too. Um, and and it's funny because Kobe is really trying to make the right play, as you said. And so I think he's a little unselfish at times. Billy Donovan even, has even said that he can be unselfish to a fault at times, and and could look for himself to get going a little bit more.
1: Hey, how's your uh, financial column doing? And and your podcast and stuff uh, is that working out okay? Getting a lot of followers there.
4: Yeah, it's going it's going good. I appreciate you uh you asking, Mark. Uh, Money Talks, me and my daughter are loving yeah. the journey that we're on trying to uh, be smarter with money, so it's going well. All
1: right, that's fantastic. Darnell Mayberry, you can follow his work at The Athletic. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll brace for something to happen in the coming months. So thanks so much for joining us, Darnell. We'll talk again soon.
2: Appreciate it, guys. You got more hot sauce coming, baby. That's
1: right. Give me the hot sauce. Darnell Mayberry, our special guest, will talk a little college football. Tim wants to brag on Northwestern. That's coming up next. <laughs> Back, I gave me the hot sauce. I feel kind of terrible. We didn't have time for whispers to get a question in there. I thought uh, I saw you working on your computer. Were you doing some QuickBooks or something, balancing the budget? What's going on Trying to get, try, what, try, trying to get our food there? in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's well, that's good then. That, it can be a struggle. Well spent.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I did have a question for him, but uh, what was
1: your question going to be?
3: It was actually about the uh, the issue of the trade, and it seems like the only way because all these trades have gone on where you can't get squat now, when it's just a disgruntled player. I mean, some of these guys get the big haul, but when you're looking out of this market. I think we have to look at for the other disgruntled player to make a fair trade, and there's only a couple of them out there that-
1: Well, plus you gotta match the money, and Zach's yeah, yeah. 40 million on the books. So so that's like why I like, like with a- the Lakers, you have to trade like four or five players to match
2: the money. Yeah, or, like, or like a
3: Zion Williamson, does anything like that ever make sense? Nah,
2: no, nah, that's disgruntled not gonna happen. Guy? They're not gonna happen, they're not gonna trade Zion. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like we would get in, the, if you look at the Lakers, you, you know, uh, D-Lo would be the obvious, yeah, he the, the most of that group, but then but, everybody else is
1: minimum contracts.
2: Yeah, it's like, but you do you really want you know? Do you? I'm not no, saying, I know that's the problem. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, how big is
1: a roster? I'd right? look at the Knicks. I think the Knicks could offer I, you a better I, package I would, if they I offer would. you R.J. Barrett and Grimes, yeah. and then Fournier as just uh, you know get yeah. the money up to forty million. I think and a couple of firsts that'd be a nice package.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would look at that too because I don't even think Philadelphia has anything to offer. You no, know, you'd have Bulls. to take Tobias Harris back probably. Yeah, we I mean, need no. an expiring deal. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in this situation. Right. And it's it's a tough situation because, you know, this is what's happening now. These guys don't want to play in there. You know, here's the thing that really ticks me off. Like, you know, and, you know, like guys like James Harden and these guys, you know, they're on winning teams. You know, they're on winning teams. Now, Zach's not. Zach's not currently on a winning team. And Zach's not disruptive. He's not one of those kind of guys that's trade me, da, da, da. But Rich Paul's clients are starting to get a reputation of being, you know, once they get their money. Their mm-hmm. max dollars from the team they're currently playing on, then all of a sudden they want to leave and go somewhere else to the team that they want to go. So now they get their max money and they get to go to the team that's they want the to go. That's kind of strategy in the league right now. Well, you know what? If I'm owners, that's not happening. Right. You know, if you don't want to play here, that's fine. Sit out, we'll just take, you won't
1: get paid. That's why I was shocked Giannis signed that extension for under what he could have gotten a year from now. And then if they, if they, you know, they've gotten off to a bad start, if they get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs and he's locked in for another four years, he ain't going to be happy for that. They're not,
2: you know what, just watching them play, you know, the other night against the Bulls, they're, they're not... They're not on Boston's level right now. No, they're not, they're not no. even on Philadelphia's level. No. And I think that, you know, unless they – where they're really missing is a defensive presence. They don't have – you know, losing losing Drew Holiday is going to hurt them more than they thought. You know Because, you know, Dane Dame Lillard's going to get you 30 points. He's going he's to have big nights. But there's been nights you've seen so far where he's not scoring. And then what happens? Then you have to rely on Giannis to do everything. And then, you know, the other guys, they're an older team. They're not as young as they were. Uh, they looked old the other night when we played them. And so, you know, you you can see him getting frustrated, but you you locked in now. You you locked in. You could have waited. You locked in.
1: And you know the thing is, if you could put give their GM John Horst some truth serum and ask him, Would you have made that trade if you knew Portland was gonna flip Drew Holiday to the Celtics? I bet you he'd say no. No. He wouldn't have done it. Because he made Boston better. Yes. And even though you got more offense with Lillard, overall it was kind of a wash, you know. Well,
2: and you 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 created a big four in Boston, yeah. Because now you know it was just three with Porzingis and you know with the the other two Tatum and Brown, and now you go out and get Drew Holiday, the very thing they needed. Yeah. They needed a point guard. You know, yeah. they thought they added in Brogdon, but Brogdon was always hurt. Right. Now they legitimately got a two way player that can lock down your guard and take and and take any guard and take him out of the game. And now with their two high scoring wings and Porzingis has been you know revitalized. He looks like a totally different guy because he's on a winning team now and he's the third option on that team, fourth option. He's content with that. Before, when he was on losing teams, he wants to be the number one option. But I think now he realizes like, hey man, I want to be in the playoffs. I, wanna, I yeah. want a chance to win a championship. So if they need me to play the fourth option, I'll be the fourth option. And there's going to be nights where he's going to score 25 or 30 points and Boston beat the 76ers in Philadelphia last night without Jalen
1: Brown, without Porzingis. Drew Holiday was the big factor in them winning that Ooh. game. Hey, uh, since uh, Whispers didn't get a chance to ask a question, why don't we bring in uh, Christopher Walken? To tell, tell about the sauce.
3: Thanks, Mark. You know, one of my favorite days is coming up, and I know you're a big traduckin' guy. <laughs> and nothing spices up at the duck and like some hot sauce. That's right. Forget the cranberries. When you got a bird stuffed in a bird, stuffed in a bird, <laughs> put some hot sauce on it.
2: So there's three birds stuffed?
3: Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. You take a little Cornish hen, shove it up inside a duck. <laughs> You're pretty
2: good at shoving things up
3: there. <laughs> right. And then you take the duck and shove it in the turkey.
1: Wow. You make that in the smoker or how do you cook that?
3: No, you deep fry it like everything to make it taste better. But no cranberries, just put some sauce. Make sure you on. have
1: some green bean casserole on the side, right? As
3: you know, I don't <laughs> care for that. That's something I serve to people I don't like. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: wow.
3: That's right. So go to give me you the sally hot sauce assholes, you know? dot
2: <laughs>
3: I have a reputation people for it. People slaving
2: over Thanksgiving meals, yeah. he's just killing them.
3: Oh, beans with a can of soup and some, <laughs> you know, to duck and onions. You know, no, I'm not doing it. But so how come, can the
1: folks get some, uh, some delicious give me the hot sauce?
3: Well, when you go to the jewels to pick up your to duck and grab some bottles of sauce and just slather it up, yeah. just rub it on and make it spicy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if you don't live in the Chicagoland area, how can they get a bottle? Give me the hot sauce dot com G.I.M.M.E. That's right. So, is uh, Whisper's going to be working over the holiday, packing up all that sauce? Yeah,
3: I'm sure he'll make mistakes like he always does, (laughs) but I'll fix it later.
2: Yeah, we have we have a few guests, Mark, that are looking for their hot sauce. I'll I get, know. I'm getting it. Yes. I'm getting bombarded on the road because uh, you know, whispers is uh, yeah. he's forgetting the dropping pack. the ball. Yeah, you mean you're having other people? You're getting the
3: address from?
2: <laughs> no, they gave you the address. They gave it. Uh, they gave no, producer. Your your niece. And because students, you, because, because you fired her, she refused to give you the addresses. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Yeah, the holiday spirit overflowing here in the yes, television studios. There's no question about it. You know what the topic we didn't really get to? We touched on it briefly. Was the Draymond Green thing? Oh yeah. For him to jump into the pile and try to choke out Rudy Gobert, they should have suspended him for 10, 20 games. I mean, listen, I thought five wasn't enough. Listen, I, I listen.
3: What
2: was the fine? It was there's no, was, fine, there was there's no fine. fine. Well, he'll lose five five
1: paychecks though, or five, five game checks.
2: Let me just say this, because you know every team has an enforcer. I'd have done the same thing. Really? i have done the same thing. If you could you go out after my if you go out after MJ or Scotty or somebody like that, I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, anybody, Scott Williams, we're coming. Cliff Levinston, we're coming. Okay. But you're not gonna grab my teammate like that. So I I've been in those situations before. So I I know he gets a bad rap for some of the things that he's done in the past. You know, I mean he's done some some really questionable on the borderline bad things, but you're you know, Clay Thompson's getting mugged. Like he's getting he's he's going with the McDaniel. They're going at it, and then Rudy Gobert comes over there and tries to get tough and grabs Clay Thompson. So now, as as a, as your teammate, you're seeing your teammate get accosted by someone who wasn't even in the fight. Now you got to come up and step in. And so I can I, listen. What he that did looked like WWE a guy listen, going in off the top listen, rope. Listen, listen. Hey, Rudy Gobert 7'4". Okay, he he climbed him like a tree. Okay, he got him in <laughs> he got him in a rear necked choke. And, and what does that say about Rudy Gobert though? Like. I Man, he might be saucing the baby's diaper. Okay, because like you didn't even try to get out of it. Yeah. You're over there negotiating. Put his, put his hands yeah, he's up negotiating. Then. Please, please, help oh, oui, oui. me. Oui, oui. <laughs> I just I don't want to fight. I don't want to do this. Please get him off of me. You know, it's like, dude, first of all, somebody grabbed me by the throat. We're fighting. We're fighting right then and there. I'm getting out of it and I'm bloop, I'm throwing two quick ones, okay? But I I Seeing what Draymond did, I had no problem with that because that one player stepped in who wasn't in the fight with McDaniel, and he grabbed my player, which is Clay Thompson. If that had been MJ, Scotty, we all would have done the same thing.
1: Okay. Well, that's a different perspective on it.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: when you're not in the heat of the battle, I guess you, you see it. The television images look so bad, though. Yeah, the way he jumped into the pile yeah. and, and gets him in a headlock—I mean, and because, he was—it looked like he was really trying
2: to choke him out. And it's because it's Draymond Green, you know. Draymond Green is is got a reputation, and he's got a reputation of doing, you know, kind of flirting on the the side of dirtiness. Okay, but again, anybody in that situation—if you're same thing last year or the couple of seasons ago with uh, with Grayson Allen, okay. Grayson out takes takes uh, AC out the air. Mm-hmm. Okay, Defenses in the air, slams into the ground. I didn't see not one blue right. player come yeah, up there and, yeah. and knock him into the third row. Okay, that's a time right then and there, and no one would have no one would have been mad at you for doing no. that. Yeah, they were kicked have said, out of the game yeah, suspended done yeah, cares? Yeah. you know what yeah. someone should have stepped up and got him now you notice that even though he was playing in phoenix you know alex got him back right you got him back really good he got <laughs> so there's payback it may take a year may take two years but guys don't forget and so that's what i'm saying the, the, the league is now everybody's friends you know everybody's yeah, friends you know we're riding on the banana boat you know <laughs> we're hanging out and doing all kinds of things and you know they don't look after teammates anymore you know, they, teammate gets into a fight like, okay, here's another example. Carl Anthony Towns sees, you know, Gobert getting choked out. you think he would've grabbed Draymond Green and pulled him off of him. He, matter of fact, like he was jumping in, trying to help him, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, come on, Carl Hey, it's four minutes for me. <laughs> come you know? on, Cat, you gotta help your boy. He's getting choked out, and you sitting there like, hey, stop, come on, you're yeah. negotiating. Like, dude, get in the middle of it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta throw hands, you gotta throw hands, but, you know, get your teammate help, get your teammates back. That's what the NBA is kind of lost at. There's
1: they don't people don't have each other's back anymore. And Draymond has become a media star. He's got a very successful podcast. TNT uses him and he'll probably be on the air during his suspension. You know, it's it's just been amazing. Uh, and and the Warriors right now, Steph is hurt. He's got some knee soreness, he's gonna miss a while, and Draymond's out for five games. Right now, I think they're at 500. There's a lot of teams that are really struggling early in
2: Yeah, this is this is really this is really I mean, Denver looks like the the only team yeah. that's really taking this seriously in Boston. They're playing really serious basketball right now. Listen, a lot of teams are going through some stuff right now. You got guys missing lineups, you got the in-season tournament, you know, there's some guys hurt in and out of the lineup, so there's a lot of teams right now going through some things. And so sooner or later they're going to figure it out you know teams are going to start winning games and the teams that you think are supposed to win are going to start winning so it's just a matter of time it's still early in the season chicago sports fans are
1: wondering which team is going to be next to get to the postseason and uh, cub fans are pretty excited right now they uh, stole craig council from milwaukee council who had taken the brewers to the playoffs five of the last six years with a very low budget was introduced at Wrigley Field on Monday and really impressed a lot of people. He was candid, he was personable, and he understands what the challenge is gonna be going forward. I saw a story today, Stacy, that the Cubs are gonna be in big on Shohei Ohtani. Could you imagine
2: if they somehow brought Ohtani to Wrigley Field? Oh, man, listen, Cubs, Cubs fans, I'm sorry. They did my boy Ross wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that I, was that was wrong. I don't, I don't like the way that was handled. Um, you know, I think that guy deserved a little bit more respect than the way they handled it. I know counsel is a good manager. I know he's one with a low budget. Okay, but you just don't do someone like that. You don't do David Ross like that. That's that's bad, man. That's that's a bad look. So Tim, I know you like to drink those $14
1: beers at Wrigley. Uh, what do you think? Is uh, is going to be an exciting 2024 season for the Cubs?
3: You know, you have to do stuff like that. If you know, when teams do these things, if we you know, canned somebody else that's liked, I mean a lot of people like Donovan and made a change, I think you do it. If you have the opportunity, you bring in the right guy.
1: Well it looks like the this move I think signals the fact that they're gonna spend some money this offseason. Yeah, they may not get Otani, but you know, bellinger coming back would be huge for them and they need to get He's some starting back Mark. they say they're in on every <laughs> yeah we talked about that last yeah, they they okay, say they're okay, in no on
3: buys, every yeah. deal though yeah. that that's come out they're going to be in on every single deal yeah they're going to be in so a though, conversation
2: them, they're I mean. going to be on the conversation of, of all these top guys that may be out there but you know what's the realistic thing they're going to be they need to pitching you know, they got they should be focused on pitching. Yeah, you know, because Strowman you, opted yeah, out. Yeah, you, you mm-hmm. gotta be focused on pitching. I mean you, I mean Otani, you don't even know if he's gonna ever pitch again.
1: Right. That you is so unknown. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, an unknown. He may just go back to just playing being in the field every day, you know, and just being a, a hitter. So you gotta you gotta, you know, you gotta do your due diligence of what's out there. Um, you know, it's great to be in conversations, but how many of these guys are you actually gonna get? Yeah, you know, what, 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 are, what are game changers? What, what, what's out there that's going to push you over the top?
1: Well, they have a good farm system, and there's been some talk they may be in on trades for either Juan Soto or Pete Alonzo. Nah. Either one would help. Now, you should have just kept Swerber.
2: <laughs> You're going to go after Pete Alonzo. You should have should Seriously. You the polar bear. Him. You should have kept him. Yeah. yeah, they should have done that they should have yeah. kept him I mean you should have you know should have kept Rizzo Rizzo should still be here there's some guys that still should be here They should have retired as Cubs and you saw what they've done you know Swerber's done in the postseason since he's left here so he could have been doing that in a Cubs uniform <laughs> <laughs> the lament of a Chicago
1: sports oh, fan feels all of our pain. I feel your pain. I feel yeah. your pain,
2: Cub, Cub Nation. I'm sorry. You
1: know, let's talk a little college football. Uh, the biggest game was probably Michigan winning at Penn State, which solidifies Jim. their opportunity without Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, the breaking news today is that he decided he's going to accept the three-game suspension and the season, so he will not be on the sidelines for that season-ending game. It's going to be in and, Ann Arbor. And, and that may cost them.
2: That may cost them. Listen, no. Obviously, obviously, he knows he did something wrong because you wouldn't be accepting this. He was looking forward to this trial, yeah. this yeah. court hearing. Yeah. Off, right? obviously, he knew him. they got some video, yeah. they got <laughs> so some nice. kind of information yeah. that that implicates him. He's involved. Okay, yeah, yeah but
3: he's going to be in the stands. You know, doing signals that they're picking up, though know, he's yeah, dressed yeah, at somebody gonna, else. And you're gonna see, yeah, exactly. He's I gonna mean, be like
2: Bobby Valentine with a fake, yeah, fake mustache on exactly. and dark sunglasses over there, doing holding up signs. You know, like you know how they do exactly hold, hold up uh, Lady Gaga sign that's that's or something. Right. That means run the option to the left. Yeah, you know what, <sighs> Jim, you didn't have to do that. You got a powerhouse team. You don't need to do all yeah. that. You don't need to cheat. There's no need for that. Let your team just, I mean, you, you got a super team. You got a team that can legitimately challenge for the national championship this year because, you know, Georgia's not the same Georgia that we saw last year. They're beatable. There's a lot of teams that are beatable that are people are figuring, oh, they got a chance to be in the final four. And I think, honestly, I think Michigan is the most powerful team out there right now. They're playing the best.
1: Yeah, their defense has been really good all you year. You
2: know, I'm not, I mean, Alabama's starting to creep back. In there, mm-hmm. you know, Texas is back in there, mm-hmm. but Washington. I'm telling you, keep an eye on Washington. Well Yeah,
1: because one of those Big Ten teams is going to get knocked out. They play each other in eight but, days. But, but and but and I think Florida cheating. State
2: is going to get knocked out. What
3: happened to the old saying? If you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. What? What happened to that?
1: Well, that's what—that's your credo for life.
2: Too. Yeah, see, that's, yeah, oh, it's, uh, that's this some insight into your yeah, life. This, yeah, it. Yeah, this is my bumper to, sticker. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I'm sure you i am sure your wife's listening to this conversation too. Wow.
4: <laughs> oh jeez. I'm oh, sorry, Maureen. Another turn. Another Marie, turn.
2: Maureen, Maureen. And uh, he didn't mean that, Maureen. I didn't mean that. Jeez. I mean that. I mean that.
1: Hey, we're gonna give uh, whispers <laughs> a chance to a little. Brag on his Northwestern Wildcats, David Braun. They, they even their record at five and five with a resounding win over Wisconsin. And David Braun got the interim tag removed from his uh, deal. He's now the full time coach at Northwestern. Congratulations to him.
3: Yeah, it's something. uh, As I told you earlier, I went to go watch the Barrington game, my old uh, high school team, Mm -hmm. because we're going downstate, and uh, they had the NU game on the other screen. I'm like, what year is that? it was 24 to
2: for to come out of there? The <laughs> yeah.
3: <end zone. laughs> yeah. I, I, I was confused. I'm yeah. like, that can't be the today's who Manhattan game. Who uh, would Maine West.
2: So they're going downstate? No,
3: semifinals. The semifinals now.
2: Who are they but, playing?
3: T- was it John Lincoln Taylor? Or, or, I believe. or Lincoln Way, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over the voice I mean, of doom I mean, yeah, they I mean, said that yeah. last week they never make it no, no, never they make got that it. high power Lincoln, offense Lincoln, so. Lincoln way east i but Northwestern
1: me. after everything that went on this summer if they win one of their last two games either home against Purdue or at Illinois they will go to a bowl game be yeah. great not oh come they're on they win I mean, one of those games they're not gonna beat Illinois and they're gonna play Oklahoma who's, who's the other be? <laughs> they can beat
2: Purdue at home they got Purdue at home mm-hmm no, they, didn't they lose to Iowa like, like by a field goal or something? Yeah, 10 at and 7. 10 and yeah, 7. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not winning.
3: Aren't they going to meet Oklahoma and they give me the hot sauce ball? No, listen. Oh, let me tell know. you something. Let me tell you something. Hey, listen.
2: First of all, I didn't go to Oklahoma. Okay? I went to Georgia. Okay, we're number one in the nation right Georgia's now. Georgia's back on top. Georgia yeah. Bulldogs, baby. Oh, go, dogs.
1: <laughs> go, dogs. Whispers, you got something for the folks? On what are we watching? You got a
3: recommendation? I watched Barbie.
1: Oh yeah what'd you think I haven't seen it
3: yet. it was very weird but uh, weird, yeah. but entertaining yeah. uh, I kind of will never watch on the Ryan Gosling film again but that's that's a different story <laughs> he really let me down but yeah. Margot Robbie she can still carry a film
1: okay yeah hey, did do, you see do the that time? Stacy Barbie
2: yeah he did absolutely not
3: Oh, the guy watches The
2: Crown. Give me a break. Listen, you got to keep a happy home. That's all I'm going to say, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Downtown Abbey, baby. Look at there right here, right there. <laughs> there. Hey, hey, America, they can say whatever they want to. That's a good show. Okay, they can say whatever they want to. But I'm not watching Stacey that looks anymore. looks good in that era, First too. of all, first of all, <laughs> first of all, look, I'm raising a bowl of cream of wheat. Okay? <laughs> so let's get that off there right now, okay? <laughs> Give me my show that I'm watching. Okay, I already watched that show. Yeah. Get, get my killer up there. Let's go. Get the killer. Okay, America, you gotta watch this show on Netflix. It's called Killer, the Killer, and it's Michael Finn's. What's his name?
3: Fast Bender, or Steve Jobs? Is yeah, see him Steve as now.
2: Jobs. I'm telling you, he, first of all, he's a great actor because he was in 300. That's why. I, that's why I first met him in 300. Oh, yeah. But he's a psychotic uh, uh, killer, and you know the whole part, premise is, is that you know he's just kind of chilling, and then his his girlfriend gets attacked by. He was supposed to kill someone and didn't do it. Oh, yeah. And so then they put a hit back on him because he didn't do it. And so now he's, you know, they're trying to kill him. They can't find him. So they end up doing some stuff to his family and stuff. So he had to go back and find everybody. And you don't know anybody. So you have like everybody's secret because like the killers don't know who the killers are. Only one person knows who the killers are because he does all the contracts. So he had to go find the guy who does all the contracts. It's it's pretty, it's a really, really good show. It's on Netflix. Go check it out.
1: Yeah, I'm curious about this newest installation of Fargo. They're going to have on FX. It starts next week. John Hamm is in it, and the uh, the actress who was in Ted Lasso is is in it. It, it, it. There's a good cast. It looks like it's going to be. It's and it's always twisted. The whole Fargo thing. Yes. every oh, yeah. year they have it is twisted. So that starts next Tuesday on FX. And and I'm a big history buff. So I you know that we're approaching the 60 year anniversary of the JFK assassination, oh, yeah. and there's a three part series on National Geographic, JFK: One Day in America. And the thing that's so interesting about this is they've got all the old film footage they've got all the stock photos and they take it behind the scenes of people who were actually there yes you know there's a co-worker of, of lee harvey oswald that talks about his experience he actually drove him to work that day so the whole thing is is really interesting to get the perspective of people who were actually there and even though it was 60 years ago it still resonates with people today yeah you know, the whole jfk yeah. era you know larger than life so, it's definitely worth checking out. It's only a three part series. It won't take a whole bunch to watch. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Dealy
2: Challenge. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been up in the book, the book, the bar. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, America. No. They, 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 it was no magical <laughs> Everyone <bullet>. says that. <laughs> There's no way in the world that dude could shoot that gun. That's a long that, shot. That. That's a long shot and they get headshots. There's no yeah. way in the world. There were, there were people interviewed. And and it's funny because you know when I'm a big history buff, they're you know the people they interview people that were on the grass, they were by the the grassy knoll. There were some people that reported someone came through a manhole uh, in the road and shot from the manhole and then went back down. And then there was smoke on the side over by the fence. It's really creepy. And then some of those people just disappeared, like some they they died mysteriously, whether it be car accidents, heart attacks. And the rifle that allegedly that, that Lee
1: Harvey Oswald used was just found abandoned. Yeah, it was just in in that in, in the Building. yeah and he basically got one shot off and hit him right in the head yeah i mean you got the the secret service guy who was in the car behind where john kennedy was sitting you know said that he his detail was to protect jackie and he climbed up over the car and and said jackie said they, they shot his head off
2: yeah you know from that yeah. distance yeah. yeah you know because listen i'm not a, i'm not a guy that knows about you know the the dealings of the gun and how it goes but like I know if I if I slapped him in the head right now right in the forehead, <laughs> pow, his head is gonna go backwards. Yeah. Okay. It's not gonna go forward. So if you're getting hit with a high-powered rifle, why would your head go forward? Unless you got hit in the back, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That right there in its, in itself, when you know when all the the Warren Commission and did all this research and all this stuff. When you watch that movie JFK with Oliver Stone, mm-hmm. and they start you know going through all these these theories of, of things that have happened behind the scenes, how these people met and how Cuba was involved and the mob was involved. It is a very interesting. Interesting thing, they were
1: quick to get Oswald out of the way, yeah,
2: yeah, and Jack Ruby, <laughs> yeah, and Jack Ruby. Jack, right. How the hell does Jack Ruby get down to right. that garage? To shoot him from point, point blank range, <laughs> you know, just walk between all these sheriffs yeah. and camera yeah. people and was able to walk right up, just shoot him, and then you know, like, oh, he's you know, he's dead. Like, how the hell did he do that? I know, and then he's in jail, and then he ends up getting some kind of like cancer or something when he's in jail. I mean, I'm like, the perfect bullet in my gurney, then they lose his brain. Yeah, and then the magic <laughs> bullet. The magic bullet went through JFK, bounced off a knee, hit him in the wrist, went through the glove compartment, ricocheted <laughs> off the... Hit the governor the, of Texas. Re, yeah, hit the governor <laughs> of Chase Texas radio in, station. In, in the shoulder, in the shoulder <laughs> bounces off the back seat, does a flip, and then hits JFK in the head. Come on, man.
1: Yeah. It's one of those stories on, that's man. still talked about 60 years later.
2: Oh, and there's one more show I want y'all to watch. Right. Reacher. Oh, that's, oh yeah, awesome. that's good. I'm I've telling you, yeah, yeah. we brought that up right. a few now weeks Tom ago. Now Tom Cruise Reacher, <laughs> yeah. no, the new one, the real Reacher, the 6'5", big Reacher. That yeah, is that's a, a good I, show. Season two is coming, I think, in December. So I, I binge watched season yeah, one. Yeah, that's
1: good. Man,
2: it puts Tom Some Cruise Reacher. in Oh violence man. And I'm telling you, and, and he he's got some great one-liners. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, he's and, funny. It's yeah, some he's humor funny, yeah. and he, and he's also, but he's very believable because it's hard to see Tom Cruise at five foot two beating up everybody. Yeah, he yeah. did I'm pull saying? it off yeah. though. He yeah. did pull it off though. He did pull it off, but he's not yeah. like this dude though. No, this, no, he no, don't. He's a this real dude. Reacher. This dude is like this dude is the real because I guess in the in the books he's a big dude. Yeah. No, it's a, it's very entertaining. Oh. It's on Prime, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So check it out. And then one more. All right. Oh boy. The uh, the Florida Gator uh, story. Did you see that one? The no, documentary. Documentary. documentary? Have you seen that yet? I haven't seen it yet. No. I just saw I just saw episode one, and I'm telling you that was great. I
1: will have to check it out. I
2: don't know how many parts it is. America, I, I fell asleep. I just got through one one you know one episode. Yeah, I think it's only like
1: three or four parts. Yeah,
2: but I'm telling you. There was some craziness going on in Florida. <laughs> uh, seriously Urban Meyer Urban it. Meyer was was like the ringleader. Like he the some of the training methods he had and you know having these kids, you know, believe certain things, you had Tim Tebow there. I mean, there was a whole bunch of different, you know, personalities and and to be able to corral all those personalities and and you know, keep them intact just to win the championship and then when they won the championship, they just went crazy. So anything about Urban hitting on college girls in bars? Listen, Tim does that all the time. I mean, I'm sorry, Tim. Oh, no. Whisper it no, time. Whisper it the time. That's how he used to do when we were in our 20s. When we were young. We were young bucks, you know. Now man, we just, now, now he just goes on OnlyFans. Now only we fans. talk about TV he shows. He just goes on OnlyFans now, America.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. wait, wait, one more film, right? Yes. Did you see Kendra latest? No? Oh, okay. Oh, just checking. Oh, see,
2: see. <laughs> 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 America. Hey, America, I don't condone that, but hey, listen, she should got an award though. As so I can say, she got an award. Yes, she got an award. another VMA, another VMA.
3: Was it VMA? VMA. Come on,
2: you just like whispers.
1: <laughs> All right, I think we've used up our time yes, now. We we've pretty officially gone over the hill. Uh, Stacy, tell the folks how they can get the best limousine
2: service in Chicagoland. <sighs> City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic and get you to your destination. style and on time. Contact Wendy at 847-916-9300 that's 847- 916-9300 or visit windycitylimos.com and ask for Mike Amarov. Wendy. It's Mike walking outside right now. Nice weather today. Yeah it is. It is. He was, He was walking earlier. Right. He gets his walks in. He gets. I don't know how many how many steps he gets in, but I, I guarantee it's thousands. <laughs> Seriously, he he gets that walk in. So ask
1: for Mike when you dial up Windy City Limousine. We got Thanksgiving coming up next week. We're not exactly sure which day we're going to be coming at you next week, but we want to wish everybody if you're traveling, uh, be safe and have a great time with your family and friends. And we will be coming at you real soon. So for Mark Grody and for Darnell Mayberry, I want to thank you so much. Want to thank the Sriracha crew. Dangerous D and Cisco for doing great work there, and we will be uh, hairy
2: legs, Cisco. <laughs> hey, listen. hey it's sixty-five <laughs> listen, outside. You I'm brought tell, the let shorts. Me tell on. You, something. Listen, you can't come to work anymore, Cisco, with your legs exposed like that. You look like you look like Sasquatch, man. His hairy legs. It's just ugh, he's, ugh. A, he's a Yeti. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. He's a Yeti. Yeah, he's definitely a Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> Little behind the scenes. Don't be our, afraid to get some nair, baby. Crew. If he wears nair, wear short shorts. Making sure you <laughs>
1: <laughs> and don't do that. <laughs> Cisco getting lit up on the way out. Yeah, so yes, we did. We thank got Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you again real soon. Gobble yeah. gobble. Drive home safely. Beep beep.
2: Give me the hot sauce, Bill Give me the hot sauce! What are you doing, Dragon? Did you not get the memo? Derek Rose can go
4: upstairs. Whoa! Oh Let me step back and kiss myself in a big time! When the City Assassin does it again!